Our gospel reading this morning is from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer day and night. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Israel, pardon me, of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Al. God's grace um, in this new year. Amen. I saw a post-game press conference with Bill Belichick, head coach of the New England Patriots. And so the reporter asked, Bill, what's your New Year's resolution? Belichick stared blankly, shrugged, grunted in his curmudgingly way. There was a long pause, and then he said, ask me next week. Well, Bill, as you so adeptly know, next week will be too late for the reporter's deadline. And so you may not be the one who will bless this new year. There are no 
New Year's resolution requests on this ordinary day when Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, pious Jews as they were, went to the temple for two reasons, for Mary to be purified after childbirth and for the presentation of the baby Jesus. Childbirth, like some other human experiences, was considered in a space between life and death, considered unclean, especially with all the blood, which required an offering to a priest to be made clean again. The presentation of a child is the Jewish ritual that goes back to the Passover when all the Egyptian firstborn were killed as the final plague for Pharaoh to release God's people from slavery. The Israelites marked their door frames with the blood of the lamb, and therefore their firstborns were passed over by death. Since that time, all firstborn babies were considered to be God and had to be presented and returned back, then redeemed to their parents. And there was no church calendar to promote this ritual time. No one really could have known about this day, although there were two people who Luke wants us to remember, Simeon and Anna, both elders and faithful who trusted that a Messiah would come. And so within the Holy Spirit's deep exhale, they were both in the temple that day that Jesus came to be presented. And Simeon and Anna could sense the holy in that ordinary moment, although no one else probably could. They got to be part, a small part, of the story of God coming into the world. Now, because of their age, they would never hear how this life of God, of Jesus, would fully unfold. But they got to be there that day. And so they gave what they had to invest in what God would do. And I think those things are life, perspective, and faith that had been simmering in their crockpot all of those years. And so they shared what was inside of them like a gift. You can tell Mary was not expecting this on this ordinary day, and not all of it was warm and fuzzy. But Simeon and Anna shared their blessings. It wasn't frankincense, gold, and myrrh like the Magi. For those two prophets, their gifts were presence, perspective, and future. And I want to talk a little bit about each of those. Like Belichick New Year's resolution line of today. But I do think we have gifts to give on these ordinary January days. And the gift is this presence, perspective, and a future. Presence, being here, showing up, connecting with other people. My work gives a good vantage point, and I could not stop staring on Christmas Eve. And I think you noticed it too. The feeling of being together again, of noticing who is next to you, 
who came, who decided to come to church on Christmas Eve, and even dear friends online, that means you too. Your presence matters. Believe me, we see you. We see your name on Facebook, your comments, that little number that increases every time the device clicks in on the link. I have never, ever heard anyone regret showing up to something. And as COVID and its variants increase in numbers, we need to continue to show up. Desmond Tutu's wisdom speaks here. My humanity is bound up in yours, for we can only be human together. And they're really never, ever the big story in how we show up for people in their lives. The second is perspective. Anna and Simeon lived long lives. They had mud on their tires. They had seen the worst and savored the gift held in each day. They can see the long view of the horizon and could share that as a gift to Mary and Joseph emerging as new parents. Honestly, perspective is such a gift, and each of us has it. What have you learned and experienced in your work as parents in hardship, in faith. Share it. Offer it to someone who can only see as far as they have lived. I see perspective showing up so much here in our prayers. When we pray for someone who's experiencing something and you know you have connected because you have experienced that yourself, or if you walked with someone that has experienced that, you have something to offer. The third is future. Simeon and Anna knew they wouldn't be a part of what would come next, but they still invested in what was ahead. And their investment was a blessing to take an ordinary moment and to set it apart. They claimed God in the moment, and they claimed God in the future of what was still yet to be revealed. And don't you get a sense that Mary and Joseph needed the reminder once again that they were part of God's story? And Simeon and Anna were there that day to remind them that there was more yet ahead. There's a group of leaders here at Mount Olivet who have been meeting over this last year. Mount Olivet has an endowment fund, and it needs to be reawakened, and this team has been working on its vision. As odd as it seems, for all the ways that you are invited to share your financial gift, the purpose of an endowment is to invest in the future, to contribute through your will or through dollars today, to fund a future you will not be a part of. Yet, the giving 
comes to reveal that later is as important as the now. A gift to be given for a future generation to invest in what God will continue to do. A future with hope and unfolding story. And so today, hear this, you already have the gift to give. The question is, how will you share your presence, perspective, and future? And I think this is what we need right now, Mount Olivet, to bless these ordinary days. And the blessing will come from you. And so I invite you to think about this and actually to do it. What is your blessing right now? What words will you speak into a world that so needs to receive what you have to offer? How will you bless today? Write a blessing, speak a blessing, and share it with someone, because like Mary and Joseph, they need to receive it. Now, if Luke wouldn't have written this story down, we would never have known about Simeon and Anna's contribution of presence, perspective, and future. We would have never heard how Mary and Joseph were amazed at what is being said. Amazed is the same word used to describe the feeling of all who gathered around the manger to hear that the shepherds had heard from the angels the night Jesus was born. The same amaze the disciples felt when Jesus stilled the raging storm at sea. The same amazed when Peter came and saw the empty tomb. You see, amazed holds both gut-wrenching fear and sheer wonder. Amazed is the feeling that something has just happened in which we could not do on our own. Amazed is the sense that the holy is near, so very near, and that this unpredictable, often scary world is held by a force of love that is interested in the exact moment in which we find ourselves. Those moments are held in the humanness of this world, of you and of me. And so we begin this new year with a story that's both sacred and unremarkable. We come back to a regular meal, the holy contained within the substance of daily bread and wine. This is how grace will continue to come, day by day, person by person, age to age. As the wise preacher Fred Craddock writes, God is doing something new, but it's not really new because hope is always joined to a memory. And the new is God keeping an old promise. Let it be so.